As you guys are grabbing your seat, would you help me thank Scott and the band for leading us so well and worship. It's so good to be back with you guys. We're launching a brand new series this weekend called Promises that I'm, I'm so excited to share what God has put on my heart uh, about this. So first, I wanna tell you about the most intense moment of my short-lived athletic career growing up. Uh, I've shared before, all five foot 11 of me was a hardcore basketball player growing up. I loved the sport and uh, as an underclassman uh, in high school, I had the opportunity to try and make the varsity team. So I did preseason with the varsity and how my coach back then ran his preseason was different than anything I had ever seen before. And so for the first six weeks of school, we would not touch a basketball one single time. Instead, every day he'd walk by the locker room and he'd kind of throw it open and yell, running shoes. And we'd put our running shoes on and we would run and run and we would run until sometimes people could run no longer. And every preseason, there were people who would quit. They would drop out even before the season had started. Now remember, we have not touched a basketball at this point. And so who's to say whether or not these weren't some of our most skilled, promising basketball players who were quitting before we ever even got in the gym? And I remember one day, it was August, it was the very beginning of the school year, and it was like a million degrees, and we were on a blacktop track, and we had been running and running, and some people couldn't hang anymore, and they started walking, and Coach was losing his mind, and he would yell at us, and we'd run, and they'd start walking again, and finally he had enough. And he called us all together, and he said, push up position. Now, push-up position is where you get down like you're going to do a push-up, but you just stay at the top of it, kind of like a plank. And we would do this for punishment sometime, and we would hold it until our coach got bored. But then he said the words no one wanted to hear. We were in push-up position, and he said, everybody down. And when you go down, you go to the bottom of the push-up, and you hold the whole weight of your body just inches from the ground. And I remember that day that it was so hot that the sweat was pouring off of my face, and it was hitting the blacktop and turning into steam it would come up in my face and cause more sweat. And it was like this vicious cycle. And then the craziest thing happened. This is the most intense moment maybe of my life. Coach got real quiet and creepy and he kneeled down and he looked at all of us and he said, we're gonna hold this position until someone quits. Now, this was terrible news. And after what seemed like an eternity, one of our juniors on the team stood up and cussed coach out, went and cleaned out his locker room, and I have never been more excited for a teammate to quit any sport in my entire life. Now, this whole strategy was very confusing to me, and so after I graduated, I spent some time with coach, and I asked him, like, what was the deal, man? That was, that was crazy. Why were our preseasons always like that? I know numerous people quit who were promising basketball players, and what he told me is that every preseason, he was trying to make people quit. He was weeding people out. He explained he didn't care about skill or ability. He said the preseason is about finding the players who care so much about the season that they will do whatever it takes to get through the preseason. He was looking for players who were mentally tough, who could live with the end goal in mind. He wanted players 
who could live with the promise of playing in the season even while they were suffering through the preseason. And you know, countless of my classmates missed out on the significance of being a part of these varsity teams because they couldn't get past the preseason. Now we're gonna be talking over the next six weeks about promises. And here's the reason that we're doing this series. The reason that we're doing it is because a part of our human nature, just a part of our existence, is a longing to live a significant life. We want our lives to matter, but a lot of times it seems like we're falling behind. It seems like we're not where we thought we would be at this point in our lives, and we wouldn't say that our lives are necessarily significant. And that's complicated by all of these promises that the world gives us to help us live a significant life that often end up falling through. And so you get a college degree with the promise of coming out with a high paying job, but you graduate and most people are barely making enough to cover their student loans or you fall in love and you start imagining this amazing marriage and marriage comes with the promise of this perfect family life and your wife and your dog and your white picket fence. But we know that many marriages are seriously struggling and a high percentage are ending in divorce. These promises continue to fall through or maybe you're single and you go to the club a lot, or you go to the bar because it promises companionship, and maybe that's where you'll find the right person, but most nights it just ends up with a terrible hangover the next day or a string of very insignificant one-night stands. You know, I think about the shows that we watch on TV, shows like The Voice or America's Got Talent or shows like Shark Tank. These all come with the promise of getting rich and having status or skipping the hard work to become famous or to build your business. I even think about the technology that we use. It seems like everyone has a friend of a friend who went viral on YouTube and we get a little bit jealous and we want that same level of recognition and social status so we get our own channel but it doesn't seem like anybody's watching so we get an Instagram because it promises that you can edit these snapshots of your life so that everyone knows how awesome your life is but no matter how many filters you put on it, it can't cover up your loneliness and depression and addictions and here's the deal, even if you do get Facebook famous, you know that those people still deal with loneliness and they still deal with rejection and relational drama, but the thing is we want so bad for our lives to matter. We want to know the secret to significance and so we fall for all of the empty promises of the world to get rich quick and lose 20 pounds and find your next lover by swiping right and we do it all, but the question is, is it working? Are we where we want to be in our life? Are we living the kind of significant life, the kind of life that will leave a legacy for the people behind us? You know, many people at City Church have decided that the world's promises are in fact empty and so they've turned to Jesus. They've believed in Jesus and they're looking to the promises of God. Just last week, we baptized 175 people and over the last several years, we've baptized thousands more. But unfortunately, what happens a lot is people step out in faith and they believe in Jesus and they get baptized and they say, I'm gonna do it. And so they sign up for the class and they read the Christian book and they think they're checking off all of of the boxes, but if they're honest, they still don't feel like they're really living this promising life of significant that they thought they would be. 
And so maybe you start to question if it's even a possibility or maybe you were just meant to follow the status quo and just kind of exist. And the reason that we're doing this series is because I want you to know that there is an option for you to live an incredibly significant life, but to do it, you may have to change how you're approaching your life. So Peter was a disciple of Jesus when Jesus was on earth, and he wrote a letter to a group of believers that we have in the New Testament of our Bibles. And in this letter, he lays out a roadmap to the significant life of promise that we're all longing for. And so Peter said that because of what Jesus has done for us, that he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so let's break that down. Peter says that if you have put your faith in Jesus, that he has given you great and precious promises. And that's good news. That sounds like what we're looking for as a starting place to find the significance in our life. So what are these promises? Well, if you read the entire letter, which we don't have time to do today, but in the context of it, you realize that these promises are actually future eternal promises. Promises of a perfect life and a perfect body someday on a perfect new world in the future when your life is over. Now, if you're like me, that's extremely disappointing. Who wants to wait until you die to live a significant life? The good news is that's exactly why Peter is writing this letter. Because even though these future promises may not be actualized until eternity... They can be initialized right now in your life. Or to say it simpler, you can live in the power of your future promises today. That's why Peter says that through them, through these future promises, you can do two very significant things with your life right now. The first thing that he says is that through these future promises, you can participate in the divine nature. That means that you can take part in the nature of God. And so when you talk about significance and you talk about people who are at the top of their game or products that are considered the absolute best in the world, the way that we describe them is often by comparing them to divinity. So you talk about someone who's at the top of their game, like our hometown hero, Kawhi Leonard, and he fans in the house yes when you are playing at that level pretty often you will hear them called things like a basketball god there's no other way to describe them they're at the top of their game so we compare them to divinity or have you ever eaten something that's just so indescribably good you have no other way to compare it like you go to cheesecake factory and you get the red velvet cheesecake, all 9,000 calories of the red velvet cheesecake, and you take the first bite, and you don't know what else to say, so you just say, it's like heaven in my mouth. It's so good that the only thing you can do is compare it to, the, to divinity, and here's the deal. Peter isn't saying that because of these promises that in our life we can be compared to divinity. He's saying that we can take part in it. 
Because of these future promises, we can join with what God is wanting to do here on the earth. The author of all of history is allowing you a starring role in his script. And not only that, he's given us his word and he's given us his spirit to direct our lives in it. And there's more. Through these future promises, not only can we take part in God's divine nature and what he's wanting to do in the world, but it also says that we have escaped the corruption in the world that is caused by the evil in the world. All of the corruption, all of the hatred, all of the insecurities and the bigotry and the racism, all the terrible things that continually sabotage our significant, because of these future promises, we've been given an escape. We've been given a way out. Now this doesn't mean you're gonna live a perfect life and it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. We still live in a broken world, but what it does mean is that you have the ability to overcome the corruption in the world. God didn't design you to lose to the evil in the world. He designed you to win. You can be an overcomer. And so through our future promises, two very significant things, we can actually take part in what God is doing and we can escape all the problems and the bad things in this world that have held us back. And so that sounds like the catalyst or the start to an incredibly significant life. And so the question is, how do we do it? How do we actually accomplish these things? How do we take advantage of these promises that Jesus has given us? And Peter continues, he says, for this very reason, because Jesus has given us these promises and given us the ability to live this life, for this reason, Make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and to your godliness brotherly affection and to brotherly affection love. You gotta remember Peter is writing to believers and he says listen you guys have faith. And that's what we believe here at City Church. It's a simple gospel that when you put your faith in Jesus, you are given these future promises. Your eternity is secured. But if you want to take full advantage of the life that God wants you to live here during your time on earth, then you will do whatever it takes to add to your faith. And then Peter gives us this incredible List. Now, here's the danger in looking at a list like this. In our Western capitalistic worldview, we love lists. We love writing things down and checking them off. And if we just perform each of these at a high enough level, then God will give us the life of significance that we all want. But it's not quite that simple. You see, in the original Greek language that Peter wrote this letter in, this is not a list of verbs. This is a list of nouns. So if you remember back to English class, if this was a list of verbs, it would be about what you do, but it's not. It's a list of nouns. It's about who you are. This isn't a list about what you can do externally. This is a list about doing some hard work internally. It's not about performance. It's about your posture. Your posture is your frame of mind, it's your attitude, it's your approach to how you're going to live your life. And this may make us uncomfortable because what we like is a performance-based system. 
We want to be able to earn God's promises. If we just go to one more class and, and read three more Christian books and say a few more prayers and memorize some more scripture, and if we quit looking at porn and quit smoking pot and quit hanging out with the wrong friends and buy our best outfit for Sunday morning and we call everyone brother and sister and tell everyone God bless you, we can work our way and perform so well that God will be obligated to lay out all of his promises and help us live a significant life. But that's not what Peter is saying. It's not about your performance. It is about your posture. Your posture is what unleashes the power of God's promises in your life. Your posture, not your performance, not your position. God doesn't care if you're the CEO of the company or the janitor of the company. It's not about your skills or your ability. It's about who you are on the inside. Your posture is what unleashes the power of God's promises in your life. You see, this is what my coach was trying to do years ago. Remember, we didn't touch a basketball the first six weeks. He clearly wasn't measuring our performance. He was measuring our posture. He wanted a group of players who could live in the promise of the coming season, even as we were struggling through the preseason. And so this is where everything comes together, and this is where this scripture gets incredibly important to your life. And so if you don't get anything else that I say, please get this. This life that you're living, your reality right now, the 60 or 70 or 80 years that you might get on this earth, if you are lucky, this life is the pre-season. The life that you are living right now is the pre-season. It's not even the main event. The season comes after this life where we fully realize all of the promises of God, and this matters. Because if you don't have that perspective, if you don't realize that what we're in right now is the pre-season, then you will not have the perspective that you need to live a significant life. Peter says, whoever does not have these qualities, whoever does not posture themselves in this way is nearsighted. Do we have any actual nearsighted people? Like if you took your glasses off, you would just be in trouble right now. Peter is talking about a nearsighted life. When you live that way, you cannot see past whatever situation you're facing in your life. And so you think that you're never gonna get through this nasty divorce. You think that you'll never get over losing your dream job. And as a matter of fact, you've quit even applying anywhere else. And your kids have grown up and they're rebelling. And you think your life will never be the same. And you'll never get over losing a loved one. And you'll never get over not having conceived a child yet. When you live in a nearsighted way, you can't see past the situations that you're in. You get so focused on the problems in front of you that you can't see the promises on the other side of them. And what happens is we get trapped in this cycle of trying to perform our way out of these bad situations and it simply does not work. It's not about performance, it's about posturing yourself because your posture will give you the perspective to see past your problems. 
Your posture will allow you to see past your preseason into what is coming for every one of you who have believed in Jesus. He's saying, don't live a nearsighted life. Allow your posture to unleash the power of God's promises, not just when this life is over, but right now. That's what God desires for you. He wants you to take part in the plan that he has for this world. He wants you to escape the corruption that is destroying families and ruining relationships and keeping people in the dark and keeping people addicted and hopeless and depressed and causing racism and sexism and homophobia. He's saying you can escape that. You can live the life of significance that you were created to, but it can't come through your performance. It comes through a new kind of posture. Your posture unleashes the power of God's promises in your life. Now listen, this isn't going to be an easy thing. If living an incredibly significant life were easy, then everyone would be doing it. And the reality is they're not. There are few people who are living truly significant lives, but it is possible, not through your performance, but through God's promises empowering your life for the purpose that he created you for. And so I wanna ask you to do a couple of things during this series. The first thing is I wanna ask you to show up. Over these next six weeks, we're gonna be digging in to this list of postures. We're gonna be finding out how we can apply them to our lives. And Peter says to make every effort to add these things. And so listen, I know that life gets busy and I've got two kids and a wife and we're playing Little League and we're playing flag football and we have choir and we have CrossFit. We've got it all going on too, but a life of promise is worth prioritizing and so I'm asking you to make every effort to be here as together we dig in to how to unleash God's promises in our life. The second thing I wanna ask is for you to just really take some time to consider this. So wherever you're at, maybe you're not a believer, if that's the case, I want you to know I'm glad that you're here. We work really hard to make City Church a safe place for people to come and to wrestle with these big issues of life and faith and spirituality. But wherever you are, maybe you're a skeptic, you're on the fence, you're already sold out as a believer, consider the fact that maybe it's not about what we do, it's actually about who we are, it's about our posture. Ask the questions that you need to ask. Maybe you need to show up to our Tuesday program, Tuesday at seven. It's a more intimate group where you break off into smaller groups and you can dig into these issues of life and faith. It's worth considering because if you can posture yourself in these ways that Peter is asking us to, you can live the life that you're longing to live. And so I wanna tell you what Peter says is the result of doing these things. He says, if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you guys stand and just let me pray a prayer of blessing and promise over you? God, I thank you for every life in this room, for everyone watching online and over in our video cafe. God, help our hearts to believe that you have, in fact, created us with purpose. 
God, it's what Scott read earlier that you know the plans and the purpose that you have for us, plans to prosper us. God, I pray that we would posture ourselves in a way where we could join you with what you are doing on this earth, where we could escape all the problems and all the corruption that continually sabotage us. God, I pray for strength. I pray for inspiration, for courage to do the hard work on the inside. God, all of this is possible because of your son, Jesus, and so I thank you for Jesus and all that he's done for us to give us these great and precious promises. We thank you that he came to this earth in order to die for us. We thank you that you rose him back to life so that we could also have an eternal life with you someday. So God, as we come together as this movement of people that we call City Church, I pray that you would unleash us you would show us our purpose and help us to go confidently in it. And I pray